everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Hola amigos and welcome to the home front. Alright. <laughs> Listen up recruits, you've been recruited to serve in our podcast. All you've got to do is put them earbuds in and have a good time. Crank it up boys. Sure. <laughs> I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. Today's episode is brought to you by the smooth flavour of our patron, King Brown. King Brown. King Brown. The man, the myth, the legend. The king. The brown. <laughs> Thank you for your kind contributions. Nick, today we watched the, um, what was it? 63rd episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, which is the 37th episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Starless Crusaders, mm-hmm. and the... 13th episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Stardust Crusaders Season 2, Battle in Egypt. Every time I hear it, I still cannot believe how long they had to make it, you know? <laughs> you gotta luxuriate in the excessive subtitles. You do, it is a bizarre adventure. Yeah. It needs good compartmentalization here. Covers um, the remainder of Chapter 219 mm-hmm. through to Chapter 221 of the manga. I am willing to believe the remainder of 219 is probably just him taking his hands out of Polymer's <laughs> nose, maybe. But anyway. There's only one way we can find out, and we're not doing that right now. <laughs> Which is, just, of course, to do a frame-by-panel comparison of the two shows in excruciating detail. And by two shows, I mean the same show, one in anime format and one in manga format. I mean, to be fair, if we did that, it would be amazing. Hey, Nick. But no one would be able to see. Yes. Shut up for a second. Okay. I want to share with you... <laughs> Some words from our friend, author of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Hirohiko Araki, volume 24 of the manga. Oh, I'm willing to pipe down for this. The most frightening thing that ever happened to me was when I experienced hail for the first time. <laughs> As a child, I never heard of this mysterious phenomen- phenomenon of hail, with quotation marks, <laughs> falling from the sky. One day I was playing in an open field when the sky suddenly turned black. <laughs> And a ton of ice cubes, like the ones I put in my calpus water, started falling from the sky. <laughs> I remember thinking, it's the end of the world. I'll never lie to my parents and I'll never pick on my little sister. <laughs> what a genius. <laughs> Nick, first time you experienced hail, do you remember? I do. I think I was at school and I was simultaneously terrified and went, wow, this is rad. Did you say, it's the end of the world? No, I didn't, because I wasn't thinking, oh, it's hail, it's the end of the world. I was thinking, oh, it's hail. It's a bit harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> Do you recall everyone in, in Perth, Western Australia, talks about that, that hailstorm that happened in 2010? I do remember the 2010 hailstorm that happened in Perth several years ago. Seven. Seven years ago. <laughs> Closer to eight at this point, actually. Uh, I remember. Big that... time hailstorm, fucked up a lot of cars, just uh, tore apart the university campus we were on. Oh my god. I remember that was the night that I had to go to a Machine Head concert, right? So imagine... Alright, to put this into perspective for anyone who doesn't live in Perth... Which is everyone, Which is everyone, honest. yep. The hailstorm was so big that the stained glass windows at this giant, like, theatre... On our university campus. The clock tower. They got smashed. Like, absolutely destroyed. The entire bottom floor of the architecture school, which was... Which was the school that you'd think would have the best architecture. Yeah, which was underground for some reason. Got flooded. Mm -hmm. Like, fully flooded. Nothing was recoverable. And all the trees on campus... Fucked. Everyone who drove their car into the city that day basically had to replace their windshield and go to a panel beater. Yep. I was fortunate enough that I took the train that day. Yeah, so did I. Um... But yeah, I I had to go to a Machine Head concert 
in like near the middle of the city. Oh, so luckily you had your protective machine head that you would put on to exactly. go to the concert. So I put on this machine head. One of those Yoko Taro masks. Yeah. So like, just imagine you hear all this rain outside and you're going, oh, wow, it's coming down pretty hard outside, isn't it? And then you hear all the hail. You're like, wow, it is coming down pretty hard. And then it just goes a little bit harder than that. And you go, wow, huh. so that's... It's the end of the world. Yeah. I'll and... never not lie to my parents or be mean to my sister again. Well, I thought as I'm walking out of uni... All of the leaves on all the trees had fallen on all the pavement because it had fucked up all the trees. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, so this is what it looked like when the dinosaurs were still around. Just all green everywhere, no man-made structures, uh, you know, Nick, I've just clicked through to an article on an associated page from the JoJo wiki page I was on. The mysterious history of Waluigi, Mario's enigmatic associate. What? I'm pretty sure it's just going to be about how he was in Mario Tennis all of a sudden. And um, I believe Squaresoft, was it? Squaresoft? Um, whoever made Mario Tennis had had a sort of a penchant of adding their own characters to their games. Mm. And he was one of theirs. Oh, there you go. And he's Waluigi and everyone loves him. Ah. No, but- it's a wah. Yeah, true. Uh, there's just like not a- to be confused with Wario, who is more of a war. Wario. Well, that just sounds like a pretentious Wario. Yes, Wario. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yeah. Today we watched uh, Whole Horse and Boingo Part Two, which still not over those weird ass cartoon things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Manga, as they call it. Yes, the authentic the Egyptian manga. manga. Yes. <laughs> Preliminary thoughts on this episode. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it quite as much as I did. It's. A pretty good farce. Yeah, I think this one does a lot better in terms of... Because the last one was a bit like, oh, so he's going to block because he's looking like Jojo. Oh, with um, Oingo. Yeah, but this time around, it's like, oh, it was it less about It was less about you know exactly what's going to happen mm. and just waiting for it to happen. It's, just, it's a series of twists and turns as the bad guys try to fulfill their sinister prediction-based plot. Police car going past. Wonderful. <laughs> That's going to be edited out. No worries. Um, yeah, no, I think it does a much better job... Because now you know it's going to happen. You absolutely know it's going to happen. You know those predictions are 100% correct. They are absolute. The problem is, even I was like, okay, yeah, but how, what? How are you going to get out of this? I must have talked on this podcast before about my problem with prophecy in fiction. Mm. Uh, And I think this episode is a good example of, for comedy at least, ways that the only interesting way to use prophecy in fiction is when their prophecy is explicitly subverted. Mm. Because in this episode, we're we're constantly given prophecies about how Whole Horse and Boingo are going to be able to kill our protagonists. Mm. And, you know, on a metatextual level, we know that's unlikely to happen. I mean, it seems unlikely given we know there's more coming. Yeah. But who knows, it could have happened. It's just fun fun to watch the the sort of loopholes, for lack of a better word, in a prophecy expose themselves. Mm. No, when you, whenever you get, like, the logical bits, the logical holes in the prophecy that are there going, oh, well, if this happens, then this happens, and then you realise, oh. But that means that I'm going to die. Exactly, yeah. It's whenever like Macbeth. That yeah, whenever that happens, you just go, ah, yes, logic, it makes sense. Prophecies. Prophecies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, do you remember where we picked up? Uh, we picked up with... Exactly where we left off last time. Whole horse with his fingers up Polnareff's nose. And the manga panel flashes across the screen informing us. And then, yay, everyone will be bleeding out and we can kill them. Hey, but how do we get there? Yeah, because meanwhile, the other guys are slowly walking towards the corner that Whole Horse and Polnareff are around. What? What's the matter? 
Polareff, are you over there? Say something. Uh, he's on to me. Answer us. Here comes Avdol and the others, and we get one of those um, trisected screens with all their faces walking towards them and all their smug smiles. Very serious. Yeah. So I think at this point, Polnareff tries to get yeah, out. Polnareff tries to get Chariot on his side, and I like this because uh, he pulls out Chariot. He's he's doing his his big old stand. Chariot. And uh, then he just stops short because Holnareff has pulled out... Holnareff, yeah, that's when they do the fusion dance. Holnareff. Hull Horse has pulled out the Emperor and just stuck it in his face. He's like, nope, nope. He's like, ha, the gun is mightier than the sword. Yet again. I'm faster. Don't move or I'll shoot you. Yeah. Look at my new smokeless pipe that I'm using because Araki decided that he doesn't want people to smoke anymore other than Jotaro, who did it like two arcs ago. (laughs) Hey, Jitaro can do it because he's cool, man. I'm sorry, who? Uh, J- Jitaro. <laughs> that's that's the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boingo's still in the box. We get some shots of his face. You have to trust fate. Yeah. You must trust the fate. It will happen, my child. <laughs> this is really drawn out, honestly. We get shots of their feet hitting the floor, approaching. Shots of their their faces as they're in sort of... It's not a terrible walk cycle, but when it's just their faces... Go- Sort of slightly rocking back and forth. You the do anime sort of, style of walking. You sort of see the seams in it a little bit. It's not quite uh, to the berserk level of anime bad, though. Whoop, 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 you know, whoop, yeah. Whoop. Everyone remembers that that bit from the CGI berserk anime that was making the rounds six months or so ago. Yeah. Where they just get this guy to walk out of frame, so they basically just picked up his model and bounced it up and down so out of frame. So bad. When I saw it, I thought that was, like, a joke, like, poking <laughs> fun at, oh, the animation's so bad, and then they made that themselves. <laughs> no, that was the actual animation. Like, that's that bad. Ugh, pretty bad. It'd be great for the entirety of that show. He didn't move. As a model, he was just a static model that they dragged wherever he needed to go. So whenever he talked, no motion whatsoever. <laughs> well, just from the back, they would just frame it from the back of his head a lot and have him vibrate slightly. <laughs> so any motion whatsoever would just be just the right amount in frame, just the right amount out of yeah. frame. So you don't see oh, him. Oh, he's so mysterious. Doing. Anytime he like uses his sword, you only see his feet. Well, they just they just sort of spin the model. <laughs> oh god, terrible. I want to see this, though. The guys come around the corner, and, oh, it's Polnareff. He's just sort of leaning casually against the wall, but he is smiling nervously. Why, what could be going on there? Oh, he's just a happy man. Yeah. Polnareff. He's having a great time. He's very cash. He likes to lean. Exactly. Yeah. What's the matter, Polnareff? Did you find the person following us? Uh, Cut to behind him, as we see in the tiny alleyway between the two buildings. Whole horse has pressed his gun against Polnareff's head and is like, the fuck? They've got me in a corner. This is like the exact opposite of what I wanted. The book said that I would get a chance to kill them all, but I'm about to get my shit pushed in. What the fuck, book? Cut to the OP. No. One day it'll come back. You're going to figure out what the music of the... The opening music of this one is if you want to do that bit. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, There's something like that in there. It's like a da-da-da-da. Da, 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 da. Music. Um, I started playing Divinity Original Sin 2 with a couple of friends hmm. last night. A feature that I very much like in that game is you get to pick your character's favourite instrument out of four options. Hmm. And then when it's your turn in battle, that instrument becomes prominent in the uh, the soundtrack. Oh, well, well, well. Yeah. That is explicit amount of detail. Of course, my friend Jay had to take the cello. And I wanted the cello because <laughs> that's the best part of Virtuous Pope. The cello? Yeah, when it, when it, when it cuts in the cello. You know that one sort of riff? Yeah, you do love they, that cello. The cello variant of mm. it. I mean, I'm not familiar enough with the JoJo soundtrack to say that the cello really makes or breaks that 
you know, song. Are we doing this? Am I pulling up? Oh, God, it's pop- happening. No, that'll get us a copyright infringement somehow, I'm sure. Oh, it so will. Nothing really new in the OP this time. No, I think the only thing I noticed was that um, when all the stands show up, Iggy's still there. Mm. I was like, but I already knew this that. This one isn't so, isn't as dense in symbolism as some of the previous ones I've found. There's mm. a lot going on, but a lot of it is applicable to stuff that happens right at the end. Right. Okay. So what you're saying is spoilers, but you don't know yet. Spoilers, but in future episodes, starting from, I don't know, maybe a month from now, we're going to have a lot to talk about from the OP. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Good Good-o. So they're like, Polnareff, is something the matter? Ah, uh, nope. No- nothing's wrong. You know, it's just me. Being Cut cool. to behind Polnareff. If Avdol found out about me, I'd be killed. He hates me because of that time I shot him in the head. Ed note. C issue. <laughs> such and such. There is a small writing issue here. It's a bit obvious. Is it? Yeah, it's kind of like when you have a voiceover say, and so uh, I wanted to go to school that day. And you're like, why didn't you just show him wanting to go to school in like any other way? I'm not sure what you're getting at. So if he just says, oh, if Avdol finds me, he's going to kill me. It's like, yeah, I know. That's because you're the bad guy. (laughs) And you also shot him in the... I think we can surmise that you're going to die here. I mean, the other guys would probably kill him too. Yeah, but he doesn't have to say, like, Avdol specifically will kill me because I shot him in the head. particularly wary of Avdol. I guess, It's almost like the power to throw fire around at will is particularly potent. (laughs) Especially against a gun. Yeah. But at least I'm faster than Polnareff's sword and I've got my gun to the back of his head. Hey, Polnareff... Make them leave or I'll kill you. Uh, so, you know, nothing, uh, nothing going on here, guys. There's no one following us. It must have been my imagination. Your imagination, huh? That's that's pretty convenient. Oh, okay. What are you doing in that corner? Uh, say you were taking a piss. Yeah, I was doing what he said. <laughs> <laughs> you, are, you, are you seriously taking a piss in the middle of a city? Really? How embarrassing for you, Polareff. Wow, you've really stooped to a new low, Polareff. I thought you had high standards, RE bathrooms, Polareff. <laughs> God, you really are unlucky, aren't you? Yeah, you've really just sort of let yourself go on this quest. As he's grinning painfully. Yeah, and then cut to his internal monologue. Damn that bastard jabbing his gun into my head. I know, I'll send them a subtle signal and they'll figure out what's going on. Polnareff, what is wrong with your tongue as he so starts using Polnareff his tongue? Sticks his, first he sticks his tongue out of his mouth and starts like, you know, trying to point like a normal human person could. Mm. But not that they would, but like they could. I mean... Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh. This is the episode where we make just a lot of tongue noises. I mean, we're testing the theory. Lelo, lelo, lelo. Oh, no. And he's uh, he's pointing with his tongue so much to the extent that his tongue contorts into the shape of an arrow and stretches around his head, like, up to his ear. And he's like, Ugh, Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Look behind me, damn it. Polnareff, there's something wrong with your face. Because that doesn't seem right. No. No, just you guys go on ahead. And we get whole horse's little monologue of, did he just pull a yeah. face? Well, he says them, he tells them to go go ahead, and then they're like, yeah, all right. Then in his monologue, that was a lie. Don't go. You fools. Do- does the thing again. Look, look behind me. Come on, figure it out. Polaref, why are you making that face? Then whole horse tenses. Did you send them some sort of message? Are you, you li- tensing your you, face? You little dick. Oh yeah, I think um, Jojo asked why he's making that face, and then <laughs> Avdol says, "No, I think he's trying to say there's something behind him." Oh, should I not have said that out loud? <laughs> you idiot! And then uh, Whole Horse tries to kill Whole. This is like, yeah, it looks like it's going to get pretty grim from it. He really pushes that gun into the. Yeah, he's pushing forward. He's like, "Oh well, I'm fucked. At least I can kill Polnareff. Blow, yeah. blow his brains out all over Cairo." So we get a nice little shot of him shoving the gun into Polnareff. The Emperor. The Emperor into Polnareff. And then as he's shoving it in... As he's going to pull that trigger. 
Polnareff sneezes. He sneezes. Um, because he's pushing forward, Hull tumbles forwards. He, sn- he lands in jars of yellow goo and smashes them everywhere. I imagine they're honey, but they're probably not honey. I assumed oil. Uh, maybe, yeah. Possibly. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> so the jig is up, clearly. <laughs> he's oh, jeez, oh, I've been rumbled, guys. Mate, why are you talking um, like this? Yeah, they should have given... Okay, let's do a dream direction of the dub. Um, okay, yep, all right. If they kept the fun accents, yep. would you rather that Hull Horse had like a sort of cowboy American accent mm-hmm. or a um, Steve Irwin crocodile hunter accent? I mean, he's not Australian, is he? He's not necessarily not Australian. That's he's... true. I would like if he was just a cowboy because then you'd get all the cowboys. Well, howdy, things. man. My name's Whole Horse. I got bitches all over the world. Yeehaw. I would lie to a woman, but I would never hit her, my lady. Say you were taking a piss, boy. It's high noon. <laughs> oh no, McCree, you fool. He pushes too hard, falls into some oil, and then bam. Everyone just goes. Yeah. Polnareff's like, hey guys, it's Whole Horse. He had a gun to the back of my head, but he doesn't now. Also, there's someone under that box. We should get them too. Huh. Well, let's murder Whole Horse then. Yeah. Um, Whole Horse flailing around in the oil and the broken pottery is like sticking my fingers up his nose made him sneeze but i could have at least killed him this was a terrible mistake i should never teamed up with you boingo you're a fool your predictions ain't absolute boy (laughs) and they're all looming over him and as they've been approaching we got a couple of shots to you know the spinning wheel that implies a fast moving car Mm. and spinning around the corner it's those two punks from the airport that he shot last time hey it's that guy oh the guy that shot off me ear. Yeah. I'll run him over. That's that's a proportionate amount of revenge. I'll show him who's who about chopping off people's ears. Yeah, let's let's kill that drongo, mate. Then we'll go back to the Mad Max dystopia we live in. <laughs> so they try to run over Whole Horse. But because he's on the ground amidst all that sticky, sticky oil, they or get, whatever it is, they veer off course and hit all of the protagonists. My God. Who would have seen this coming? The perfect crime. So, Whole Horse is astounded. He's like, they hit all four at once. Yes, it's fate. The premonitions are absolute. And Boingo's like, yes, but it's too early to finish them off. We need to see the next prediction. I forgot you were doing the Boingo voice. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's check it out. That's what Whole Horse sounds like now. They need a sort of (laughs) Banjo-Kazooie dynamic where Whole Horse is like, (laughs) sure. Yeah, they didn't speak in the noises. But Whole Horse is like, (laughs) uh-huh. And Boingo's like, Yeah, true, they need that. Yeah. Well, boy, it's time to get old and... What is that? <laughs> That's what Banjo would sound like. All right, boy, let's go kill him. You can't do that yet, boy. Banjo-Kazooie is, of course, the story of a, a country bumpkin and an asshole trying to murder a witch. <laughs> the witch is just a hard-working lady, and then they come in. They're all like... Uh. Yeah, they're parasites on her libertarian paradise in the shape of her own head. They are spoiled on their island, and then they just go... They don't live on an island, oh, Nick. They live in Spiral Mountain. Sorry, sorry. Which is on the ILO Hags. Sorry. They live on the ILO Hags in Spiral Mountain. Well, I mean, they're in the Spiral Mountain zone, but really they're adjacent to Spiral Mountain, if anything. Uh, so much Banjo-Kazooie trivia that we could go into. <laughs> we might have to do a Banjo-Kazooie bonus app at some point. Might we? Yeah. Shit, yeah. Big Banjo-Kazooie booster here. You know, all the characters. <laughs> Klungo. Dingpot. Uh, the witch. Gruntilda. Uh, Banjo. Her fairy sister, Brentilda. Kazoo-y. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yuka and Laylee. <laughs> Shovel Knight. Uh, nuts and Bolts. Lord O'Games. 
was the, of course, the um, contagonist, let's go with that, of Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Ah, of course, of course. Boggy the Polar Bear. Gaben, Obesid One. Okay. (laughs) That's it. That's how you drive the joke into the ground, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, sure. Just mention Gabe. So our friends are on the ground. They're fucked. And our enemies are looking at their book. They're like, okay, as soon as the next premonition comes in... When I first saw this, I was like, oh, is this going to be sort of a meditation on how how Bongo is too obsessed with knowing what comes next and he doesn't act in the moment when he needs to Mm. and they miss their chance? But no, the book proved that wrong because they look at the book and it's like, yay, we get the chance to kill them, but we better hide and see how things go. It's too soon to get too close. The others are passed out, but Jotaro is still awake. We better hide. And they look over and Jotaro... They make some comment about him dodging at the last second, but he clearly got hit by that car. He's, he's bleeding from the head. Yeah, he clearly got sucked into the <laughs> He inferno. must have just gotten clipped. Yeah. He's pulling himself up. And he's dusting himself off. Yeah. Star Platinum comes out, looks out, looks around for a second. <laughs> I, I really like that. Just like, what's going on? Huh, huh. Star Platinum, get out of here. Use your special eyes. <laughs> Nothing? Okay, bye. The bad guys talk for a bit more. And then we look back and Jotaro is just standing by the wreck with his hands in his pockets like he does not doing anything. Literally so casual. Yeah. I was just in a car accident. Better just make sure I look cool in case anyone's watching. <laughs> now where's that whole horse gone? I quite like the um, the rationale of why they shouldn't attack him earlier. Because it's like, oh, well, if we did attack him earlier, he'd probably counter immediately and yeah. we'd both be fucked. Yeah, he would just destroy us. Just Star Platinum come out and be like, boop, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> got your nose. Tears off face. <laughs> oh, what a little boy. So whole horse and... Boingo are currently hiding behind a wall. Yeah, and Whole Horse is all, um, Boingo, what now? Your predictions are 100% accurate. I'll do anything. I'll even eat shit if I have to. Well, I got good news for you. We're going to do some sewer plans. So the book says... (laughs) There it is, the final prediction. Whole Horse's next attack is the climax. He paid some sewer guys to open some pipes and fired all the Emperor's bullets into the pipe at noon sharp. Oh. Now this raises a question. Yep. The Emperor. Yep. Gun. Made of magic. Ammo? What do you mean ammo? Fire all his bullets. Yeah. Ammo? Well, it's Reload? A six, it's a six shooter. But magic. Yeah. Does he put real bullets in it? or? No, it's a six shooter. It's magic. Yeah. Yeah. So he has six shots. Liam, you're not getting the point oh, here. So what you're saying is he has six shots. Yes. And then he's just, he's, his stand is useless forever. Well, the bullets have to come back. <laughs> uh, after a battle, he just has to crawl around the battlefield looking for them. It only uses this. There are no other guns like this because it's a weird h- hybrid of revolver and machine pistol. I need to scurry around and pick up all these mind bullets. <laughs> and I can't even get a metal detector help because they're not real. Yeah, because it's a six shooter. It's magic. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I'm sure it just uses mind bullets or something. Yeah. I, I keep telling you because it's a six shooter. Okay. Because it's magic, Liam. So we look at these pipes that are nearby. And there, um, are some, there are some sewer men working on the pipes. We get the dopest shot of these pipes. Yeah, I wrote down pipe vision. <laughs> it's like CG panning pipe. camera along the length of the pipe. I think we go into it at some point. Yeah, just to see where it comes out. And it comes out to this sort of open pipe just in the middle of the street next to Jotaro's head. Well, I think it, it's in the building that the Jeep crashed into. Oh, and it's also worth acknowledging at this point that um, the imagery in the book, still terrifying... Uh, oh, yeah. has a shot of Jotaro being shot in the head, once in the forehead, I think twice in the neck. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, look, that picture's right there. No one around here transforms. It's got to be us shooting Jotaro. Excellent. Great. That's practically 
like certainty. My brother could transform and he did it without thinking. We can't transform. That's right. I can't transform. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Yep. Let's do this, little buddy. Let's go on out and get us a Jotaro. Get in my backpack. And then we'll use the Talon Trot. <laughs> you know what the worst part is? I have very vivid memories of, of that, that sound. Of that sound <laughs> as you're doing it. Oh, no. Because you would never go anywhere not doing it. Exactly. It's so much faster. And you can go up steep slopes. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh, and as we got the pipe vision, we were just getting a lot of menacing katakana about the pipe. Such a sinister pipe. There was this massive bam thing as yeah. well, where they see the two sewage guys and like, this is it. This is it. This is where it goes down. Bam. Hurry up and turn the page. What will happen next? The bullets shot out of the pipe. Boom. Now, I like this ambiguous wording. I don't know if it's just a function of the translation, mm. but the way it's written in the subtitles is, whole horse's bullets shot through his brain. <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of his forehead. I like that. Nice ambiguity about the uh, the his there. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I was waiting for this prediction. I will avenge my brother. Well, good on you. I'm just going to go kill Jodoro now. <laughs> Great. Yes. There is no mistake. I'll shoot them all and Jotaro will die. Oingo is like going nuts right now under his little box. He is so ready. He's uh, You know, he's been fairly emotionless at this point, if n nervous more than anything. Yeah. But here he's like, you know, he's getting hella amped. He's like, yes, kill them all, whole horse. Then your transformation will be complete. 66. Strike me down and I will become more powerful than even my brother Oingo. Boingo. Wait, which one's which? I've gotten confused. Boingo is the little one. That's right. Yeah. Oingo is the big guy who has the face. Correct, yeah. Jeez, I'm not the expert here. So it's like, oh, okay, fire the bullets at noon sharp. Whole horse looks at his, his very fancy looking watch. Well, he's a, you know, he's a good man. Distinguished gentleman. Yeah. Problem. Problem? It's two minutes <gasps> until noon. Oh, no. They, they start scrambling over to those sewer worker guys. Um, I really like how Boingo is still under his box and is just crawling along. No, we have to do it. It's by fate. Yeah. Uh, I don't recall him... Wanting to hide under things in their first appearance. No, but he was always kind of on the outskirts. Yeah, true. I think he was hiding behind bushes mostly. Or maybe he was just hiding really far away from everything. I remember he, there was a whole lot of him like running to try to catch up with the car they were in. That's true. That's true. And, you know, his brother. Yeah. That's plenty of time. Two minutes. Fate will make it happen. Yeah, I believe you. But since this is such a specific time, it's making me panic. Hey, guys, can you take this pipe off? Huh? Who are you? Who do you think you're talking to? Who do you think you are? I'm whole motherfucking horse. <laughs> yeah. Take it off or I'll kill you. Pulls out the emperor. Cut to Boingo off to the side being like, hey man, the regular people can't see your stand. That, that's the thing with stands. They so can't he's, see it. He's just struck a pose and pointed at them like, do it or I'll kill you. I'm whole horse. But the thing is, he's got his finger around the trigger. Oh yeah. So he's just doing oh, this. You know how like when in the four kids dub of Yu-Gi-Oh, they removed all the guns? So... There's a bit where Kyber's in a secret cave on Pegasus Island and mm. two, uh, quote-unquote, armed thugs um, <laughs> jump in after him, but because they've edited out the guns, uh, they're, just, they're just pointing at him. Oh, Jesus. The, um, the Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge series made the joke there, don't move or we'll shoot you with our invisible guns. <laughs> Fucking hell, why do they take these things out? Too violent, Nick. Too violent. Is it, though? It's fine. It's like how they never dubbed that episode of Pokemon Indigo League where they went to the Safari Zone because there was a sort of poacher subplot there and a guy points a gun in Ash's face. That's fine. That's what poachers are. It's like, you know, they're going to learn about it one way And that or was when Ash caught his 40 Tauros. 
Oh no. Wait, wasn't the 40 Taurus just because he got lucky one day? No, he went to the Safari Zone and caught, caught a heap of rampaging Taurus. Oh, there you go. There you go. Maybe to protect them from that poacher. I don't know, I haven't seen it because it was never dubbed. Yeah, I wonder how we got those Taurus. Anyway, the comic says you should pay them. <sighs> I have to pay, th- all right. Checks his pockets. There's only a minute and 10 seconds left. <laughs> he checks his pockets and goes, oh no. I left my wallet back at the hotel room. Oh no. Hey, uh, Boingo, I gave you a coin purse in case you got lost, right? So protective, ho ho. Such yeah, a good such father a loving, figure. A loving he's gentleman. really the strong sort of paternal influence Boingo needs in his life at this point. Mm, gave really you is. a coin purse in case you got lost. Um, kidnapped him. Keeps him in a box. <laughs> tied up and tape over the mouth. Constantly. That way he can't be sick. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah, it's a good man. Mm, yeah. I'll just choke to death. So he's, he's, um... Next to him, bouncing up and down, slamming his hand into his palm, being like, come on, 40 seconds left, give me the money, give me the money. Boingo pulls out the coin purse and goes, oh, well, it's mainly just coins, but it should, huh? And he trips. trips. Cut to the workmen being like, you know, it's all coins, but there's like 20 pounds here. Ah, gather, well. gather, gather. All right, we could probably get round to this. Yeah, let's gather up all these coins first. You don't the friggin' thing. Oh, well, okay. Cut to the old lady who never existed beforehand coming over. Hey boys, it's coming up to noon, so I thought I'd bring you some tea. Do you want to have a lunch break? Oh, well, you know Thanks, oh, thanks, Mrs. Hernandez. I'm pretty good with having a lunch break right now. I think we can do that. Whole horse picks up an enormous boulder, which he can even lift. Wow. (laughs) And says, if you don't open that sewage crate, I'll crush your heads with this rock. Uh, so really, Whole Horse has sort of inherited the dark side of jo- Jonathan's legacy. <laughs> the ability to lift rocks and be amazed about it. And so these guys just go, uh, yeah, okay, crazy man. Yeah. Sure. Cut to the guy nervously sweating, opening the, uh, the pipe. Yeah. And then it just about hits noon. We're probably three seconds away. Bam, 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 bam. That's the sound gunshots make. It's noon. The bullets are in the pipe. I did it. Just like you predicted. We get a lot of almost dubstep-y type music, some light EDM. Yeah, we were talking about whether it was dubstep or EDM, and I was like, it's definitely bro-step. No, I think we were talking about an ad RE dubstep, but it was similar sort of music to that. It was. It was very similar. Um, And we just, we see a lot of cool shots of these these bullets with their purple energy trails flying through the pipe. As they circumnavigate through, thanks to mind control. If this this was a a poorly designed video game, there'd be a very hard minigame here, where you had to navigate the bullets through the various twists and turns of the pipe. There'd be grating, and then one bit without grating. Yeah. Like maybe one quarter. For some reason, there'd be some doors closing on the way. (laughs) Well, you know, it's noon. The sewage closes up. Yeah. A lot of people just taking dumps at noon. Exactly. So these bullets navigate through these pipes. Jotaro's kneeling down, waking up Joseph. Wake up, old man. Oh, I'm mostly all right. I too, Avdol, am only mostly scratched. I, Polarif, need help. I'm in a bit of a bad way. So Polarif has like this boulder on him. Just a light boulder. Yeah, just like a bit of wall. Oh, if only Jonathan Joestar were here. God, he'd be able to lift it up. Yeah. Even. So Jotaro kneels down to try to get that boulder off him right in front of that open sewage pipe. Hey, this is convenient. Surely, surely something must intervene so our hero, Jotaro Kujo, will not be shot in the face by six or seven bullets. And so the bullets are about to emerge out of the pipe, smashing right through Jotaro's forehead. We see the shot of the book again. And then... Polnareff sneezes. Sneezes right on Jotaro's face. And Jotaro falls back. Polnareff also falls back. But they <laughs> div- sneeze. They divide away the and the bullets, bullets go fl- right through them. Neither of them noticing. Yep. The bullets fly off into the sky, just lightly grazing a rooftop on the way. Jotaro is weirdly smiling here. 
Given he just got sneezed yeah. into, and given how he never smiles, that's weird. That is weird. I didn't. That is weird. <laughs> huh. Sorry, sorry, Jotaro. I don't know what whole horse was thinking, but he stuck his fingers up my nose, and it still itches. Yare, yare. That's he okay. Says. I understand. I too have had things stuck up my nose before, like fire. Mm-hmm. So all that, all that fog. So, so whole horse is like. What? What? My bullet's missed. What's going on? Okay, listen here, you little shit. You yeah. said it was absolute. I, I, I don't know. This has never happened before. Okay. My, my predictions always come true. Give me that book. We did not misinterpret this. I know let, we did. Let me just hold this up in front of my face and check this out. The yeah. bullets mm-hmm. start mm-hmm. Yep. bending back around. Boingo can see and he's trying to get his attention, trying to get whole horse's attention. But obviously he's a coward. He can't do it. He's shy. Yeah, um... And so he's just well, there going... A car, ra- a car radio drives past. Yeah. A car drives past mm. and we hear from the radio. Anyway, that was some song. <laughs> now for the news at noon. And then the clock tower nearby strikes noon. And a horse is all, uh... My watch. <gasps> it's fast. The fool. It's noon now. It's... It's noon now. Yeah, it can't be. The bullets are swerving around. Boingo sees them. They're coming. He holds up the book to his face and goes, Okay, hold the hell up. If Jotaro dies on yeah. this So page, what's going to happen next then? Yeah. And the bullets fly through the book, neatly popping out the bullet holes in the drawing of Jotaro's face. <laughs> Thankfully, this isn't that sort of stand, so Boingo is not also shot in the head three different ways. <laughs> yes, this is true. But it goes right through the book. Into Whole Horse's face. And Whole Horse is just... Fucked up. He's he's just he got shot in the head. He's just done. Yeah, hoisted by the the own thing he did to Avdol. Three times the bullets yeah. too. It's quite ironic. The only person he couldn't r- run away from was himself. himself. Yes. I mean that's the definition of irony. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll. Uh, yeah. Sure. Also quite appropriate that, given he shot one of our protagonists in the head, he too he- gets shot in the head. Yeah. So the next thing we see is uh, the lads, the gang. They pick themselves up. They hear the screaming of whole horse getting shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's screaming over there. There'll be trouble if police officers show up, especially after that car crash. Let's uh, let's, let's, just, let's just get out of here. Yeah, let's not go I to want, a hospital. I wonder where whole horse went to. Whole horse is currently being. Uh, we get a, some very tastefully, um, <laughs> tastefully, tastefully framed shots of men holding stretchers, and yes. I think we see his hand. Falling over the side. Covered in blood. And then these two cops are there. I think they're paramedics. Sorry, two param... No, I thought one of them was a police officer. Because yeah, I think they're holding the stretchers. No, no, no. So the guy holding the stretchers are currently taking him into the ambulance. And then these two cops Some are Some sort of emergency responders yeah. are there. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, wow, if he, he was shot in the head. But uh, if it was just a little bit lower, he might have died. It went from ear to ear. <laughs> yeah, sure. So he's just in a critical condition. Not dead. Yeah. One centimetre down, he would be dead. Just just a critical condition. He'll yeah. be fine. I'm sure he'll live. Yeah. He'll be able to come back in the last episode. Oh, and before the guys leave, um, Jotaro hears a noise coming from that pipe. And he looks, and then some gross sewer water splurts out onto him. He's like, ugh. Hey, Jotaro, it's dangerous to hang around that open pipe. It, look, it's spraying filthy water. You should move away from it. Thanks, Abdol, but it's a bit fucking late, yeah. isn't it? Better go back to India, get a new school uniform, <laughs> mate. Uh, yeah. So now Boingo has a little little soliloquy. Yeah, the little poignant moment. He where cl- climbs out from under his box. He goes, you know what? I'm done being a coward. My prediction wasn't wrong. That was just Whole Horse's fate. That Jotaro's one lucky guy. But how many With times... a mum like that? Foire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, only Dio could best a guy that lucky. Yeah. Big brother, Oingo. 
I'm starting to think that revenge is stupid. Let's use my stand's predictions for happiness and to help others. Then maybe more good luck will come our way. Kicks the box that he was hiding under away. I don't need to be afraid anymore. This battle has made me grow. I'm gonna get a plane back to Aswan where you are and we're gonna dedicate our life to doing good deeds. The box flies through the sky in a very deep anime it's, it's moment. Poetic. He's poetic. He's, he looks... He's had a very stern face for this whole thing. Yeah. And he looks both younger and happier. Mm. Yeah. He looks ready to take on the world. He looks like a vibrant young anime. And then vibrant the... young anime Marge Simpson. And then a box kind of falls down onto a dog. Oh, that's unusual. Why you were saying before when we were watching that there's a dog in our party and we haven't seen him all episode. Yeah, we haven't seen any dogs yeah. recently. So Paul Little Boy goes over this dog and goes, Oh, oh sorry, dog. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to be a good person now. Hey, can I help you? Wait, Wait a minute. A minute. <laughs> this dog. Where have I seen this dog before? And Iggy turns around. Now, I half expected him to summon the fool here. Yes. But no, he just lunges at Boingo, who we are seeing from the perspective on, and the camera cuts away as we hear him screaming. <laughs> and then we cut over to Abdul, Polnareff, all that, and yeah. they go, hey, where's, uh, where's Iggy at? Oh, he's probably just off eating something in the street. That useless dog. Told you he wouldn't be helpful. Oh, Iggy, why did we even bring him? Ugh. Yare, yare. We see the book on the floor. Uh, it opens and uh, a, fi- a final little diversion into Toth's terrifying depiction of reality informs oh us that if it were that easy to grow, no one would suffer. <laughs> Boingo became more depressed than ever before and was admitted to hospital with whole horse. But um, tish. The yeah, end. To be continued. So, Nick, interesting episode. Very good episode. A lot of good bits in it. Yeah. Some top tier goofs. Some mad spoils. We rarely get episodes like this so directly from the perspective of the villains. Mm. I think probably in part three, I, with, some, with the exception of some stuff to come later, mm. um, you really only get that with Oingo and Boingo, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and Whole Horse is an extension in this episode. Yeah, because Whole Horse had his episode with Enya. Where that was mainly yeah, but that him. you know that was that was half half. He, he you know, know he had a brief moment, but I would say it was mostly Polnareff and Ninjodoro. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, it's nice to you know see bad guys get, messing up get, their own. You get their core. inner life a bit more too. Mm. I think that might be part of the reason Whole Horse is such a popular part three villain. Not mm. only because he keeps coming back, but because we see things from his perspective some. So mm. we we sort of get a better sense of him as a character when he's not just trying to kill. And how he's still a bit of an asshole, mm. but but. Thus ends the Ballad of Whole Horse. Oh, no, he's in a critical condition. Ah, oh, well, it was great while it lasted. Yeah, he, he came on a long journey from India to Egypt. He was a whole horse. Stopped by a Pakistan and then also another part of Egypt on the way. Far from wholesome. Wouldn't it have been great if he just killed Dio? Shit, that would be rad, actually. <laughs> they get into the mansion and it's like, oh, here's Dio's corpse. And then it's like, I've absorbed his body. And his power. The world. Now I'm unstoppable. Oh, wait, I'm number two, man. Bye. Later. And just leaves. And then he does that vampire fade away thing. Because <laughs> he also put on the stone mask. That's it. That's how you do it. Yep, that's how, that's how whole horse ascendancy EU. <laughs> so. AU, EU. EU. AU. Ultimate AU? universe. Yeah, AU. AU. Dot AU. Dot AU. Nice. So hey, Nick. Yeah. Highlights and lowlights for this episode. Okay, definitely the highlight for me was when the prediction came true and Hall Horse shot himself in the head. 
Because like up until that point, I was like, well then what, how, okay. How are they actually going to do this? How are they going to find that loophole to not exactly. shoot Jotaro in the yeah. head? How are you going to keep the show going until you reach Dio? Because I'm pretty sure we're going to reach Dio. <laughs> um, just moments before the bullets hit Jotaro, he walks into the scene like, oh, didn't I tell you guys I commissioned a life-size cardboard standee of myself? <laughs> but yeah, it's that like, oh, I didn't even think about the fact that it could just go through the book. You know, yeah. and when it all comes together, you just go, oh, of course, it's so simple now. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's good. It's a good moment. My highlight, it's probably that one shot of um, whole halls jumping up and down, panicking, asking uh, Boingo to get his money out. <laughs> <laughs> just like, come on, you have it with you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, oh, dear. Low lights. Hmm. Hmm. It's a tricky one because it's everything works on everything that came before it. Yeah. I suppose the low light is the fact that they all got knocked out by a car, <laughs> which I kind of... What happened to the two guys driving that car? Well, I'm pretty sure they're dead now. Okay. But like... R.I.P. Yeah, rip in peace. Uh, you were punks. They were such punks. Such punks. But like, I think I predicted that last week and even then thought, but that's a bit <laughs> cheap, isn't it? But I think it was better just because it was the two guys. Yeah. Just trying to find uh, that I've forgotten muscle. about that. that that's a pretty yeah. fun... Because then it also sort of tees in with, like, all these things are going wrong, but because one of the terrible things that happened to him earlier that he made even worse, yeah, it all sort of collides at a moment and he he momentarily has the advantage. Mm, It's quite hilarious. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's just that bit of, oh, so they all just get hit by a car. Sure. All right, whatever. And they're they're all fine. Yeah, and they're all fine, apparently. (laughs) Uh, your low light? Uh, tough call. Um, I feel bad. This isn't a low light per se, mm. but I feel bad for Boingo at the end. Why? He's, you know, he's trying to make a positive change in his life, mm. and then he, he, he runs afoul of one cantankerous little American gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> All his positive character growth is set back. Yes. However... It's a bit sort of pessimistic. Yes. But, you know, if the world was that easy... No one would suffer. Exactly. Yep. Nick? Yes. <laughs> I want to ask you, what do you think is going to happen next time on JoJo's Blue Adventure Part 3, Stardust Crusaders Season 2 Battle in Egypt, in the episode entitled, mm-hmm. The Gatekeeper of Hell, Pet Shop. What? The Gatekeeper of Hell, Pet Shop. What? Pet Shop? Pet Shop. The Gatekeeper of Hell. Okay, so the Gatekeeper of Hell is... Pet Shop. Is Pet Shop, apparently. The Gatekeeper of Hell. Pet Shop. Who the hell does that even... What? Pet shop. Okay, pet shop is not the stand. All right, let's get that right out of the way. The gatekeeper of hell was... Wait, but isn't that Anubis? Isn't he the guy who judges whether you get into the underworld? That in some Egyptian mythology, yes. So then who the hell's the gatekeeper of hell? Pet shop. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, all right. So the gatekeeper of hell... Pet shop. ...is... Oh, no, we've had Osiris. Shit. Who's the last one that we were talking about last week? Oh, no. We've had Set. We've had Thoth. We've had Ra... Have we had Ra? No, we, we did establish last time that Ra is not coming up. Oh, maybe it's Horus. Maybe. Maybe it's Horus. So tell me a bit about this um, pet shop. Yeah. Okay. Um, the gatekeeper of hell. <laughs> I mean, what? So what? Th- just think a bit about d- divorce. Okay. Yeah. Let's 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 lead you on a bit of a mind path here. Okay. Divorce the gatekeeper of hell. Parentheses pet shop from uh-huh. um yep. from ideas of it being a stand. What does the gatekeeper of hell mean to you for where this story could be going? I mean, like, the f- if they're at Dio's mansion, like, the gatekeeper of hell could be the guy who's, like, standing in the, front the of... The doorman. The door of. guy, yeah. 
solve my riddles to pass. Exactly. A, a sphinx. Yeah, like a sphinx kind yeah. of thing where it's like, oh, he's gatekeeping. Hell. Here we go. Yep. Patch up. And hell is Dio's place because clearly that's how this works. Although how many guys do we have left now? Like well, we said two or three. There are two Egyptian gods left. Yes, there are two Egyptian gods left. Okay. But they could just show up next episode, for all I know. For all you know. Who knows? Maybe the last two gods are these two brothers who guard the gates of Dio's um, mansion. <laughs> yep. And one of them always tells the truth, and the other is always a rabid coyote. <laughs> <laughs> hey, which one would... Oh! <laughs> Oh, fuck. Gatekeeper of... Okay, so the Gatekeeper of Hell... Oh, patch up, sorry. Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> so the Gatekeeper of Hell... Patch up. ...is a guy who's protecting Dio's mansion? Sure. But here's the thing... What kind of guy, though? A pet shop? <laughs> I, what? Yeah, it's a real Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium situation. Maybe it's I like... don't know what that movie's about. Probably not a pet shop. Maybe it's an animal that has a stand, like the orangutan. Okay. And he's in a pet shop. Right. So maybe they're... So does the gatekeeper of hell, parentheses pet shop, own that pet shop? <laughs> <laughs> what if he's an animal? What if there's a front at the front of Dio's... Like, it's a, a, a front business for Dio's mansion and it's a pet shop. Ooh, what if... I don't know. No, but I wanted to know what you were saying before. An animal. That's interesting. Yeah, so it could be like... Because we've had a lot of Egyptian god symbology where it's like, you know, the head of a jackal or the head of an eagle. Or the head like of that. the set beast. Exactly. So maybe we're going to get whatever animal the stand represents as the stand user. So it could okay. be like... I don't know what the ones left are. But if it was like set, it would be like an alligator head. Well, no. Nick, we've been over this. If it was set, it would be the set beast. Sorry, the set beast, not an alligator. Uh, it could be a jackal or whatever that thing was. For... Well, for Anubis. Yeah. Well, if you recall, we kind of had the animal-headed man of Anubis. But he was the stand yeah. living inside the sword. True. So maybe this but time I feel like just... That, I feel like that would be doubling down a little too much. Yeah. But maybe this time we just get the animal rather than, like, a man. Okay. You know? Solid prediction. Yeah. So then... Any guesses on stand power? Uh, well, he's the gatekeeper of hell. Catch up. So I'm assuming that the Gatekeeper of Hell Patch will up. have some kind of really, some kind really... Of door-based power. Yeah, something that's going to block them from going anywhere. So maybe like, oh, I've trapped you in a bubble. Or something with locks or... Yeah, something that has to do with you have to get past a barrier. I've placed five different locks on this gate. <laughs> Solve the various temples and... Yari, yari, punches <laughs> through them all. Yeah. Yeah, something to do with like restriction and like... Some kind of barrier that's stopping them from getting full. Okay, cool. Yeah. I got. No, I, I reckon it's going to be an animal. I reckon it's going to be an animal. I have no idea what it's going to be. Okay. But it has to be an animal. Sure. If it's not an animal, I'm going to be very angry. Because, you know, we're going to be at a pet shop. The gatekeeper of hell. Yeah. The gatekeeper of hell. Pet shop. So it has to be some kind of animal, right? Sure. Shit. <laughs> the ambiguity is killing me. Anyway. Hmm. I think that brings us to the end of our episode. Uh, if you want to correspond with us, you can reach me at jojospodcast at gmail.com or the same on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't asked for this for a while. If you like the show, we'd love it if you could give us a, um, a review on iTunes, Stitcher or various similar platforms that we aren't on yet. Nick suggested that I look into getting us on YouTube in the near future. Yeah, if you like have a YouTube account, but you don't want to, you know, go to iTunes and get your stuff through that. Yeah, so... You know, that's going to be a fair bit of uploading by this point. But when I have a a spare couple of days in the near future, I might look into getting that done. Yeah, we'll let you know how it goes, audience. Yeah. 
Uh, and as usual, uh, if you want to support the show, we can be reached at JoJo's Podcast. Nope. At uh, patreon.com slash JoJo's World. Look us up. We're a cool bunch of kids. And until next time. To, to be, be continued. continued. Pet shop. Gatekeeper of hell. Yeah, 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 yeah.